And if somebody would have came up to me, and a lot of times people do this, uh, they, they say to you, if you could preach one message as a pastor, if you could just pick one sermon to preach for the rest of your lives, what would it be? And I want to tell you tonight is the message that I would choose to speak, especially to young people. And I was a children's pastor. I worked with elementary kids for eight years. And so this topic is huge for me. I saw this very thing completely destroy so many of my friends. And so I want to get started this uh, right away. If you have a Bible, find the book of 1 Kings and then find chapter 12. 1 Kings is right before 2 Kings. I bet you couldn't have figured that out, right? Um, <laughs> but find 1 Kings chapter 12. And then, um, if you didn't know, I think Pastor Kyle already said we're right in the middle of this series called Relationships. And the first week, um, I got to talk to you about how God has to be your number one relationship. Our culture says that, um, that you have to find, to be happy, you have to find the one, right? you got to find the one. And they're right, actually. But the problem is, is their number one is your significant other, when we really know the number one needs to be God. And then last week, um, Pastor Kyle talked about this romantic relationship kind of thing, and how it's one of the main things that pulls teenagers away from God. He gave us some tips to follow, like, don't date someone who doesn't love God. Wait as long as you can to start dating, and get out of the relationship if someone is starting to tempt you physically. Um, and I want to tell you this. Uh, this is a really cool thing. We just started our recording our sermons, our messages, um, and we are putting them on a podcast. So last week was our very first one, but this week we'll be on here and from here on out. So if you either go to, if you have Apple, you can go to the podcast app and look up uh, River of Life Sox Center Youth, and you should find it. If you don't have Apple, if you've got Android, go to um, what's called Podbean. Download the Podbean app and look for the same thing, and you should be able to find it. You, you can re-listen to them. You can share them with your friends. Like, these kinds of things would be awesome for some of your friends to hear. So, so listen to them again. Um, and that leads us today. And I want to start with a story. I love telling stories. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and I don't know if you know this, uh, but summer can get really long for parents. <laughs> okay? Like, I know you kids love your summers, uh, but for parents, man, it can get long. Well, last summer, after getting a little overwhelmed with the craziness in my house, you see, I have three crazies in my house. I have an eight-year-old boy, a six-year-old girl, and a four-year-old boy. That's nutso, right? And they're all like me, so they're all super hyper, and yeah. Um, well, apparently, uh, my wife was getting tired of having all three kids, so she shipped, we shipped our daughter off to my parents' house for a whole week during the summer. It was pretty cool. Um, well, apparently my sister was kind of going through the same thing because she sent her son, Holden, who's about the same age as my daughter, to my parents' house for that week as well. Uh, and they had a great week, you know, swimming, four-wheeling, eating too much junk, right? And, uh, and then grandma and grandpa shipped them home back to us. Well, after being home for just a couple hours, my daughter, of course, gets in a little spat with one of her brothers. I don't even remember which one. But she, you know, they're fighting and they're yelling at each other and all of a sudden these words come out of her mouth. She says, be quiet you farty fart fart. No joke. I'm just like, Wait, what? What? Where? farty fart fart? Like that's what you're calling your siblings now? And after containing my laughter, I asked her like, okay, because you know, you guys will know this one day when you have kids and your kids do something terrible, you're like, 
shouldn't say that, okay? <laughs> and you're trying not to laugh, right? Um, but so I, I tried to ask her where this came from, and of course, I bet you can guess where it came from. Apparently, my nephew says this at his house, and now it is a regular part of the vocabulary in our home, still to this day. I uh, just heard it twice yesterday. Um, but this is, this is normal, right? Not farty fart fart, that's not normal. But the idea of learning, talking like other people, uh, acting like others, even liking, uh, liking things that other people like, that's normal. That's normal. My son Jasper loves Star Wars, okay? He didn't, like, come out of the womb and, like, you know, like, that's all me. I love Star Wars, so he got after me. My four-year-old son Keaton, he's so cute. Um, he says things like, uh, it would be a great idea for you to, I'm like, what? And then he says things like, oh, it's okay, sweetheart. I'm like, man, you spend way too much time with your mom, <laughs> right? My wife says those kinds of things. But, and I bet if you thought about it, I bet if you thought about it, you could come up with a list of things that you do or you say, or even some of your friends, you can see it in some of your friends. They do or say or like certain things because of the people that are around them. All right. I'm going to tell you another story, but this story is from the Bible. You should already be open to 1 Kings chapter 12. Hope you brought your Bible. If you didn't, bring it next week. We're going to start right at the beginning of 1 Kings chapter 12. So we're going to start in verse 1. And I want to set this up for you, okay? A new king has just um, been crowned over all of Jerusalem. His name is Rehoboam. Everybody say Rehoboam. Yeah, good luck, right? At this point... The people that he ruled, they came to him, they came to him with a request. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm actually going to start in verse 4. What I just set up for you is verse 1, 2, and 3. So verse 4 says this. Your father, this is the people coming to him. Your father, they said, uh, was a hard master. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. And then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, "Um, give me three days to think this over, then come back for my answer. So the people went away, and then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father, Solomon. Okay, quick time out. Um, If you were here last week, Pastor Kyle talked about a book of the Bible, and he talked about this guy who wrote it. His name was King Solomon. Okay, this is Rehoboam's father. Now, does anybody remember what King Solomon was known for? He was the wisest man to ever live, okay? This is Solomon, Rehoboam's father, the wisest man to ever live. Now, if the wisest man who ever lived had advisors who counseled him on what to do, do you think they're pretty smart as well? Absolutely, right? So, I, I, I think that these men... Uh, that, well, these men that Solomon, or Rehoboam goes to, these advisors, those were Solomon's advisors. Uh, he, he, he's going to ask them advice. So let's see what happens. Verse 6, he says, what is your advice? He asked, how should I answer these people? He's asking these really smart people, right? How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, if you are willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men who, who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. Okay, so Rehoboam hears this amazing advice from these super wise guys and he's like, eh, 
I'm going to go talk to my friends, right? He grew up with these guys. These guys are his friends. And now he's, this is kind of like our political system, right? Like, oh, you're a friend of mine. Let's put you here. Let's have you be this, right? So these guys are all friends. So he goes to these young guys, gets some, he gets some advice from the old guys, great track record, ignores them, goes to the young, stupid people just like him, right? Um, well, maybe, who knows, maybe they're going to give him some good advice. Let's look. Okay, verse 9. Uh, what is your advice, he asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, this is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips. I will beat you with scorpions. All right, these people are going to love him, right? Watch what happens. Verse 12. Three days later, uh, Jeroboam, that's the leader of the people, and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. Uh, Verse 13. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his young advisors. He told the people, my father laid heavy burdens on you. I'm going to make it even heavier. My father beat you with whips. I'll beat you with scorpions. Verse 16. When all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded by saying, down with the dynasty of David. We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. Okay, really quick, I want to tell you what they just said. Now, David, okay, remember Solomon is Rehoboam's father, right? Solomon's father is David. David's father is Jesse. So you got Jesse, David, Solomon, Rehoboam. So these guys are saying, down with the dynasty of David. Basically, anybody in David's line, we don't want to have anything to do with. We have no interest in the son of Jesse, Okay, Jesse's son, David, and all of his people. He doesn't want to, they don't want to have anything to do with these kings anymore. And then this happened, verse 18. King Rehoboam sent some guy who was in charge of forced labor, I don't know how to say that name, to restore order, but the people of Israel stoned him to death. When this news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and he fled Jerusalem. And to this day, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by a descendant of David. So, listening to his friends really paid off, right? A clue? No. I'm sure, I'm sure you kind of see where I'm going with this. And I'm sure you've heard some of these sayings, right? Have you ever heard any of these sayings? Put these up there for me. These sayings... All right, I'll read them to you. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. There it is. You're only as good as the company you keep. Birds of a feather flock together. You've heard things like this. All these things are saying the same thing, essentially. They're saying this. The people you surround yourself with will impact the way you live. Write that one down. The people you surround yourself with will impact the way you live. I see it in my kids, the way they talk, the way they act, the things they like, all influenced by the things around them. I see it in myself, all right? This is why it is so important that you are careful and that you are intentional about choosing the ones that you call friends. The truth is this. Here's another one. Our friends will never leave us the same. They will either make us better or make us worse. Pastor Kyle said at the beginning, It's like an elevator. They're either going to bring you up or they're going to bring you down. You're never going to stay the same. People are always going to influence you either up or down, either better 
or worse. And as we learned last week, it's so much easier to be pulled down than it is to pull somebody else up, right? You remember that illustration? Pastor Kyle had somebody stand here, and he tried to lift them up, and it was really hard, but all they had to do was go, whoop, and they yanked him right down. It's so much easier to be pulled down than it is to be pulled up. It's easier for someone else to make us worse than for us to make them better. And I'm sure you've seen this happen with your friends or maybe even yourself. You've seen this in your life. I had a friend named Joy. Okay, Joy in sixth grade, she was my little Asian friend. She was no joke, four feet tall, and she was like this smiley, cutest little thing. Um, I may have had a little bit of a crush on her. But anyway, um, she was just so fun to be around uh, that everybody just took interest in her because she was just, she was just awesome. She was so fun. She was so innocent. She was so just free-hearted. Um, but like I said, everybody took interest in her, and pretty soon she was hanging out with the kids who were partying. And by the time we hit eighth grade, I didn't even know who she was anymore. I had another friend named Mary. She was in my fifth grade elementary class, okay? Fifth grade. Listen to this. We got to know each other really well. We were in class together. And by the end of our first year in middle school, by the end of sixth grade, somehow she got connected with some older kids. She started hanging out with some 17-year-olds. And she got pregnant by a 17-year-old guy in sixth grade. Had a baby in seventh grade. Why? All of who she was hanging out with. Another guy I knew, Eric. He was a few years older than me, actually. But I looked up to him. He was an amazing athlete. He actually said hi to me as a freshman, right? Uh, he, he, was, he was just a really cool guy. And um, he started hanging out with the wrong crowd, and he ended up drinking and driving his motorcycle one day, and he got into a nasty wreck. He almost, he almost died, almost died. And to top it all off, his friends, uh, that same night before he got in the car accident or the motorcycle accident, dared him to steal the giant light-up uh, ice cream cone at Dairy Queen. thing was like this big, and you plug it in, and the top part lit up, and they st he stole that. And um, the newspaper did a story on him getting in a crash, and his beat-up, busted-up motorcycle was in his backyard, and the photographer for the newspaper came and took a picture of this motorcycle, and I'm not even making this up. I saw the article. In the background, right by his shed, is the ice cream cone. So not only did he almost die, he ended up having this huge fine, uh, and he ended up going to, like, juvenile detention for a while because of drinking and driving and theft and all these things, like, oh, man, it just got from, it went from bad to worse, and I could sit here all night and tell you story after story about my friends who just became idiots because of the people that they were spending their time with. I could tell you about Lewis and Aaron and Paul and Jenny and Katie. I mean, I, every single one of these stories, I could just boom, boom, boom. I could rattle them off to you. But with all that being said, I need you to understand something even more important. The worst kind of friend isn't the friend that is going to get you to do drugs or to skip school or even ends, ends up putting you in jail. The worst kind of friend is the friend that leads you away from God. The worst kind of friend is the friend that leads you away from God. And understand this. Here's the crazy part about this. No friend is ever going to say to you, Hey, my name's Corey. If you become my friend, I'm going to lead you away from God. Nobody's going to say that to you. If you did, you'd be like, what? Like, 
okay, you're crazy. I don't know if I want to be your friend. But they're not going to straight up tell you that. Here's the other thing. They might not even think that. They might not even do it intentionally. It's not something that they're trying to do. It just comes out of who they are because of what they believe or don't believe. And I'm not saying these people are bad people. And I'm not saying you don't be friends with them and hang out with them every once in a while, okay? But you do have to be careful who you let in your inner circle. You have to be careful about the people you call your BFFs, right? I mean, like, seriously, it's a big deal who you spend your time with. Okay, I'm about to say something super bold and a little bit daring, but I need you to understand this because I believe with all my heart that it's true. All right? Here it is. It is impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. It is impossible. I'm not saying, like, it's really, really hard. No, it's impossible. If your closest friends are going to drag you down over and over and over again, it is impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. Human beings are, are, are so good at surviving, right? We, we become our surroundings. That's why we're so good at surviving. You could put us in freezing cold Minnesota and we adapt. You can put us in the heat of the Sahara Desert and we can adapt. We become our surroundings. That's just who we are. So it's pretty hard to be surrounded by people and not become like them. We just become like the environment that we are enveloped in. We automatically become like the people we, we want to fit in. We, we want to thrive in that group of people that we are surrounded by. And here's the scariest part, I think. It's not even that your friends don't try to do this. The scariest part is that you probably don't even recognize it's happening to you. Right? Every single one of you are being changed by the people around you, and you don't even see it. Much of the time, you don't notice yourself changing. I, I remember telling one of my youth students at the church I was at before here, I said, I think it's so cool the way you end your phone calls. And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, you sound just like your dad on the phone. And she's like, I do not. I said, yes, you do. Every time I talked to your dad on the phone, he was a pretty good friend of mine. He, he would always say, I'd like, all right, see you later, man. He goes, okay, see you later, bye. Just like that. Okay, see you later, bye. I was talking to his daughter on the phone one day. She was in my wedding, actually, as a junior attendant. We were really close. Um, and I was talking to her. I was like, Caitlin, what's up? How are you doing? Uh, you know, whatever. All right, talk to you later. And she goes, okay, see you later, bye. And I was like, what? And I said this to her. I said, you sound just like your dad on the phone. You say the same thing. She's like, no, I don't. I said, yes, you do. She didn't even realize it was happening. Listen, that's a funny story. Um, but you may not even notice the impact the people are around you are having. Now, here's a, w a good way to test this theory. Not the only way, but a good way. Have you ever had another friend or a parent or a teacher or whoever say something like this to you? Why do you hang out with that person? They're not good for you. Okay, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you think in your head right now have ever had anybody say to you, why are you dating that guy? Why are you dating that girl? Why, are, why is that person your best friend? Why do you want to go over to their house? They're no good for you. And you're like, what are you talking about? I, it's fine. Other people see it. Other people see the impact that others are having, and you don't even see it happening. It's not your fault. 
It's not your fault. But you need to be aware of it. I want to show you one more scripture verse that sums up what we're talking about. I think it sums it up really well. It's Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. And this is in the message version. It says, Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Rehoboam watched his life fall to pieces when he listened to his foolish friends. My friends Joy, Mary, and Eric watched their lives fall to pieces. I don't want to see your life fall to pieces. And I'm not just saying that either. I really, I really care about you guys. I maybe don't know every single one of you really well, but I really do care what happens to you. And I do not want you and have, to have your life fall to pieces because of the people you're hanging out with. Can you just all please bow your head and close your eyes for one second? Like, I know there's been some whispering going around, but for the next three minutes, I don't want to hear anything, okay? I don't want to see any talking, all right? Got it? Bow your head, close your eyes. You didn't even hear me say that because you were chatting. Do it. I want you to be able to focus here by yourself, not be distracted for just one minute. Some of you have some tough, tough decisions to make in your life. There are relationships, there are friendships, there are romantic relationships that you know you need to walk away from because they are leading you in the wrong direction. I know some of you in this place right now, you have one or two or three people in mind Again, I'm not saying you have to totally cut yourself off from these people, but you need to make some changes. You need to seek out other friends, godly friends, people who want to go in the same direction that you want to go in. Such a big deal. If you're one of those people here tonight that you know you have to make some big moves in your relationships, I just, could you just, nobody looking around at all, I'm serious, just put your hand up really quick so I can pray with you. I know I need to make some decisions on my friendships. Okay, go ahead and put your hands down. I want to pray for you in just a second. Others of you here tonight, you realize that you've never been really going in the right direction. Maybe you've never even given much thought to the direction that you're heading, but you realize today that you want to start heading in the right direction with your life. Maybe something clicked inside of you and now you want to start a relationship with God because you know he will set you in the right direction. And if you want that relationship with Jesus today and you want to start this relationship for the very first time, something you know you've been missing in your life, I want, again, nobody looking around. I want you to just put your hand up again so I can pray for you. I've never given my life to Jesus, never started the relationship, and I want to do that today. If that's you, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? That's me. I want to start that, the most important relationship today. Thank you. Awesome. All right, I want to pray. God, I thank you so much for every single student in this room. I believe you have plans for every single student. So many times we don't end up making those plans happen, and we get to the end of our life or partway through our life, and we, we get angry at you, God, and we're like, God, why did this happen? Why did you let this happen? Why, why, am I, why is my life falling apart? How could you let that happen to me? And I believe you are looking down on us saying, 
it wasn't me. You made the choices. You surrounded yourself with the people that led you in the wrong direction. And God, I pray tonight that you would speak to students so powerfully. God, there's nobody that I hate. There's nobody that I want them to hate. But God, there are just people that are going in the wrong direction and they're trying to pull us down. They're trying to pull us in that same direction. And, and we, know who the, we know who those people are in our lives. And I pray that you would give us wisdom uh, in those relationships. Maybe we need to completely make a break. Maybe we just need to take a few steps back from them and start hanging out with some other people. God, I just pray that you would help uh, students give them courage, give them wisdom, give them peace about the situation. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a worry. They're going to worry about it. They're going to be scared to do it. But God, if it needs to be done, I pray that you give them the courage, the peace, the wisdom to do what needs to be done. And God, I also pray for the people in this place who are starting, who want to start a relationship with you today. They know they haven't been going in the right direction, but God, they know that you are the right direction. You are the one who can set them on the right path. So I pray, starting today, that they would, that they would surrender the, the control, they would surrender their life to you, and they would start doing what you want them to do, that they would spend time with you, God, that they would find the friends that would lead them in the right direction, that they would start coming to church more often. Um, and God, I just pray you move, move and our small groups tonight as we get to talk more about this. We pray this all in your name, Jesus. And everybody said...